Uh, Twenty past the hour, opposite the morning show. Well, come on, so. that's my that's my imus. My that's very topical, very current uh, thing of somebody who has uh, only been dead for what f- four or five years. Uh, when did imus die? I thought I thought it was like twenty seventeen. No, he no, it couldn't have been because he went off the air in twenty eighteen. I think he died in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Don Abbas. 2019, December 27th, 2019. Wow. There you go. Man, that's crazy. He went off the air in 2018. He died. I guess that's what happened. That was, that was like the, uh, that was like the dead, uh, radio host era. Cause then it was a little, it was about a month, a year and a change later that, uh, Rush Limbaugh died. Folks. Ugh, what a what a what a dickhead that guy was. Anyway, uh, the old uh, evidently back in May, I was under the impression, according to the calendar, I was under the impression that I had turned forty three, but I uh, evidently I didn't get the memo that I turned ninety seven. Because uh, this fucking, I'm just I spent the whole day yesterday. What was yesterday? It was Tuesday. Monday, was yesterday Tuesday? Is today really Wednesday? Wednesday? It's the 13th. Yes, it is. Well, I don't remember Monday. I remember I was miserable. Oh, that's right. I had meetings all day. And uh, and then yesterday, I uh, I did the entire day standing up. I think I tried to sit down this... And, 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 and it's, uh, as a reminder, it's because of this, uh, sciatic nerve, the sciatica bullshit. Oh, it's, it really sucks. I don't like this. And, uh, yeah. So again, I'm, I'm thankful for the standing desk, the adjustable desk, because it allows me to, to stand up and do my work. But then you get to a certain point. We're like, okay, I've been standing all day. This can't be good either uh, because I'm not used to that. So now I'm like, I'm going to have like, uh, am I going to have some issue with like my feet? My, I don't know. And then I will, I will sit to take a little break from standing and I get no, maybe about two minutes, if even that into sitting down and I can't do, I, I have to stand. And, uh, so yeah, I'm standing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, but it, it helps me. This one stretch feels so goddamn good. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting quieter cause I'm underneath the desk pretty much. Ah, uh-huh. uh, that's nice. Whew. But like, I, you can't, it's not even comfortable to lie down. There's no comfortable position. The closest thing to a comfortable position is standing up. Last night I finished work and I actually worked a reasonable amount of time. I was done by, I don't know, 5.30, 6. And, uh, oh, God damn. Oh, my, oh, the stretching. Uh, wrapped up at a reasonable hour and I said I'm going to go downstairs so I can uh, have dinner with the family watch a little TV enjoy my evening which I did but uh, I, I sat on the couch uh, I don't know I went up went up to bed around 9, 9.30 because I just could, I'm like I can't I can't sit here I can't sit on the couch because it's too too uncomfortable and it's it sucks too because I have the heated seat on the couch and I have the massage chair and that all feels good. The heat in particular feels good, and then it's only temporary. Like I can sit in my office chair for a couple of minutes. I can sit in the couch for maybe a solid ten or fifteen minutes uh, because of the heated function feature and. Uh, and that's about it. But we watched this ridiculous... It was good. Uh, we watched this movie. We've just been watching... We've honestly been watching horror movies uh, probably since April. 
And that's not to say that every night is a horror movie, but we watch most nights we watch horror movies. I don't know what it is. It's just one of them things. We watched a movie called A Christmas Horror Story. And the description, this is from 2015. I thought this was like a newer movie. It's 2015. Never heard of it. Did not know of its existence. Oh, my fucking. Oh, there's a stretch that feels good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's the season of joy, peace, and goodwill. Unless you live in Bailey Downs. Last Christmas. Shush. Last Christmas Eve, two teens came to a grisly end in a school basement. Now, one year later, a new set of horrors has come to town. As three friends explore the site of the massacre, a malevolent spirit is determined to keep them there forever. One of the first cops to the scene of the bloody murders has new complications as his seven-year-old son exhibits terrifying and violent behavior. And when a local family seeks reconciliation with an estranged aunt for the wrong reasons, they suddenly find themselves running in terror from Krampus, Cramp, or as they say in the movie, Krampus, the demonic anti-Santa Claus. Not even Saint Nick is immune to the terror as he fights back against a horde of zombie elves. This is destined to be a holiday no one will ever forget. Uh, and, and William Shatner is in it. <laughs> He plays a radio DJ, and that's it. That's his scenes are like he's. I guess he's kind. I mean, he's he's a narrator of sorts. I mean, yeah, he's he's a narrator, and uh, and they use the the, the radio. D, he's like uh, dirty, <laughs> dirty Dan, isn't <laughs> that dangerous Dan or something like that? And uh, he does a lot of his. You know, it's it's very Shatner esque. It's Christmas. It's the best holiday of the year. Oh, I love Christmas. And the birth of baby Jesus. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And, uh... And, and clearly, they gave Shatner a, probably a couple of guidelines, a few key points to hit. And then just said, go for it, man. Because it, it really feels like it's just Shatner riffing the whole time. And uh, here, let me see. <laughs> Play a little bit of this uh, classic, holiday classic. Where's Shatner? Where are you, Shatman? Uh, yeah, it seemed like he just kind of went in there and said, uh, I'm just going to do it my way and uh, fuck you. And they said, okay, Mr. Shatner, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. We're just happy to have you on our uh, project here. Let's see. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. You got Santa. You got zombie elves. You got, uh, I don't know, all kinds of shit here. This is Dangerous Dan is going to tell you a secret. I love Christmas. There, I said it. And I don't care who knows it, because I love tinsel. I love Rudolph. I love cranberries. I love baby Jesus. Before he went all hippie with the sandals and the long hair. What? No, 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 Susan. I'm going to talk about Jesus on the radio. And you know why? Because it's his birthday tomorrow. Am I right, folks? And speaking of reminders, it's almost time for the big charity food anyway. drive at the mall this afternoon. Our very own weatherman of action, Sturman Norman, is going to be down there helping out like the true Christmas angel he is. Sturman Norman. Anyway. <laughs> I love tinsel. Rudolph. I love Christmas. Baby Jesus. Before he did all that hippie Santa. So it, it's it kind of reminds me. It's like a Christmas version of uh, uh, Trick or Treat. You know, with, with Sam, the little pumpkin head guy, goes around. 
uh, and it's a few it's different tales of Halloween and uh, this this is kind of like that it's uh, three or four you've got Shatner in the booth kind of directing traffic a little bit uh, yeah you've got the story of the the, the cop who goes a little nutty and then the son starts doing weird shit and then you've got the the, sh- the family going to the rich aunt's house to try and get her money and then you've got the teens at the school going into the place to try and catch the ghosts on film and you know and they're all connected I mean a very 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 thinly connected like they all exist obviously in the same town in the same universe and it's like oh okay the kids were killed and then the cop was investigating where the kids were killed and then he goes nutty and then uh, Krampus is uh, chasing people around and then it's uh, I don't know it's all kinds of all, all kinds of bullshit uh, yes yeah, it's, it's, it was fun though it was just like it was just good silly fun and uh you know, violent, and then of course you've got Santa, and the the elves start turn, start turning into zombies, and he has to he has to fight his way out of the North Pole North Apocalypse North Pole Apocalypse Zombie Pole Apocalypse. Yeah, uh, but the, it was it was fun, and then we watched uh, every year. We of course we have to watch Shrek the Halls. I love Shrek the Halls, but you know the only thing I I don't love like if you haven't seen Shrek the Halls, Shrek it's it, it came out in two thousand seven, so it was after uh, Threk Threk the Third. It was after Threk the Third came out in theaters. Uh, Shrek the Third came out, uh, and uh, and and then that following Christmas they had Shrek the Halls, and so it's Shrek and Fiona. And the little Shrek babies, and uh, and it's their first Christmas together. So Shrek, you know, they're doing all the preps and uh, lights and bullshit tree and the, whatever. And of course, as they're sitting down to read the Christmas story, in comes Donkey and Pinocchio and all the stupid characters from the swamp, and they're all being just complete assholes. They're just like, "Hey, Shrek, we're here, party!" Donkey, get out of my house! It's my Christmas. Oh, come on, Shrek! It's time for party. And then, uh, you know, crazy stuff happens. The tree gets knocked over into the fire and and goes up in flames. And that dragon that donkeys fucking, uh, you know, breathes fire down the chimney and ruins dinner and just it's just a mess it's just a disaster and shrek kicks everybody out like get the fuck out of here it's enough you're trashing my place you're ruining everything just go away and then fiona picks up the babies and is like you're an asshole shrek and i'm leaving to go be with our you know to go be with the, the people you just kicked out and shrek's like but it's our family christmas and fiona's like that was our family and I'm like, I'm watching, I'm kind of getting, like, pissed off. Like, why is Shrek the bad guy? Like, yeah, it would, it's, uh, without any additional context, if you just hear, like, oh, yeah, this guy kicked uh, 20 of his closest friends out of his house on Christmas Eve, and they had nowhere to go. First of all, it's not Shrek's problem, like, that they don't have any, like, go someplace else. Like, Shrek doesn't want to be a part of the party. Move the party. Like, don't any of you have a fucking home somewhere? Like, just don't be assholes. And so, uh, and Fiona's like, oh, Shrek, you prick. And I'm just sitting, I'm like, but they were, they were disrespectful. Like, he, Shrek had plans. His family had, they were planning for this nice Christmas, nice Christmas Eve. And the friends came over, and that's fine. But the friends, like, they, they burnt his Christmas tree to a crisp. They ruined the dinner. They ruined the house. They broke things. Ornament. I mean, they were just trashed the place. Like, what would you do if you're hanging out with your family on Christmas Eve and all of your best friends, even if they are your best friends, they just show up unannounced. That part, I wouldn't mind. I'd say, come on in. But then they came in and they burnt your house down. <laughs> or at least set your Christmas tree on fire and trashed the place and ruined your dinner. 
and weren't listening to any of your requests and your pleas for them to st- like, can you just like stop? Can you, can everybody just calm the fuck down? And then they just kept playing more music and dancing and being just total assholes. And I said, all right, guys, this is ridiculous. You're not respecting my house. You're not respecting me. You got to go. You, you fucking trashing. I'd probably I'd call the police if my friends showed up and lit my Christmas tree on fire. I don't care if they're my friends or not. Uh, and poor Shrek is like, dude, we worked so hard to put this whole thing together. And you fuckheads just came in like five minutes. You ruined everything. You trashed the place. And then Fiona's like, Shrek, you fucking asshole. I'm leaving. And then Shrek's standing there all by himself and he's like, there's just broken glass everywhere and food crumbs and remnants of, you know, ash of what was once a Christmas tree. It's like, why why is Shrek the bad guy? Why is Shrek being a selfish prick in this scenario? He He created what he hoped would be the perfect Christmas for his kids, for his wife. And then it was ruined by so-called friends who had no interest in listening to Shrek ask them not to fucking be assholes. And he kicked them out and now he's the asshole. I don't like that. But I do like Shrek the Halts. And then, of course, Shrek's like, okay. It's like the moral of the story is... Even if you have annoying fucking friends who won't shut the fuck up and burn your Christmas tree to the ground, you should still let them stay overnight on Christmas, whether you like it or not. Like, there's a lot of bad messages in a lot of these Christmas things that you realize, you know, like, it's a wonderful life. Love it. I I believe I ranked it as my number one top favorite Christmas movie. It's, listen, there isn't, there isn't, I, I think probably I, I think I had Christmas Vacation at number two. Christmas Vacation is probably number one, uh, but honestly, those all of those movies are must watch. There's not like one that uh, you know I have to watch. Wonderful Life. I have to watch Scrooge. I have to watch Christmas Vacation. Home Alone one and two. Christmas Story, which we watched the other night, and uh, and 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 that's one that just you know. And I, I think uh, Christmas Story is such a classic because there's no. You know, there's no, like, moral, high ground, preachy kind of, you know, you should do this, you should be... It's just a fucking glimpse in time and a family and their Christmas and a kid who we can all relate to because we all have at least one, if not many, Christmases as a, as kids where there was that one thing that we just, we couldn't even sleep because we just thought about it, obsessed over it, night and day. And, uh, and it's, it's just, that's what it is. And we just get to watch him in his daily, you know, at school, at the dinner table, he gets into a fight, just shit that happens to kids. And they, and I think that it's a classic and will remain a classic forever because it's so, I I don't, as I was saying to my kids the other night, I don't know if there's a movie that has a more accurate depiction of just what like kids are like and family. Like you can... That's it's set in the 1940s. It's a movie came out in the early 1983. It came out 40 years ago. It's a 40 year old movie, which now I'm realizing, oh my god, that's if a movie came out today that was about Christmas in 1983, it would be roughly the same amount of time between Christmas Story and the era that was depicted in that movie. That's insane. Um, but it depicts like you've got kids just screaming and being jerky idiots and talking like you know swearing like that's what kids do and uh and it's just fantastic um but those are all my top you know christmas story vacation scrooge all the you know the cartoons rudolph mickey garfield charlie brown shrek uh wonderful life but like wonderful life is is annoying like yeah the whole thing is like dude your, your life has value. Don't throw it all away. And look at how many lives you've touched by existing. And look what would happen if you didn't exist. But it's also like, dude, you're fucking... What are you, like, pressuring me into being alive? It's it's more like, look at how bad everybody else is without you. You need to be alive so everybody else can have a wonderful life. Uh, it's, you know... 
Uh, George, you really are a rich man. It really was. A, you really had a wonderful life, George. And then it's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's got the wife and the kids and all that stuff. And they're fucking, uh, you know, he's got the nice house. And he's working at a job that he didn't want to do because he wanted to go travel the world. And uh, he didn't get to go on his honeymoon because he had to go save the fucking building alone. And, uh, and he couldn't do, it, like, really anything ever for himself. Like, ever. Because he was, uh, you know, helping the the one guy get a house. And then, uh, and then his uh, rich friend pulls up and is like, Hey, George, I'm rich, just like I told you. You could have gotten into the ground floor, pal. But you didn't, so you're poor. Ha <laughs> ha, see ya, buddy. Uh... <laughs> Oh, that's Sam Rain Wainwright. Plastics. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway. Merry Christmas. Like, I would have just been like, ah. Ah, God. I mean, if I sell the potter, the fucking town's going to be a piece of shit. But I'll be, you know, maybe have a couple extra pennies and I can just go travel the world and fuck it. I'll get out of here. You know, it's like, why... George Bailey has to be the guy to fucking help every... I mean, it's great. It's like... it's He's doing all the right things. Mr. Potter is everything that's... Mr. Potter is everything that's wrong in Bedford Falls. I mean, all, of course, now we live in 2023 where all we... <laughs> that's all we have is Mr. Potter's. George Bailey and his dad, they've all been stomped into the ground, crushed, dead and buried... Oh, why, man, is, uh, you know how long it would take a man to save $5,000? Yeah, in 2023, it takes a long fucking time. I can't imagine in 1946. Uh, but they were talking about it then, like, hey, man, shit's expensive. It ain't cheap to buy a house. And relatively speaking, it was pretty cheap to buy a house back then. Anyway. God damn it. We, where's the George Bailey now? I, I take it all back. He should be doing more. George Bailey, you, even though I, uh, you, 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 <laughs> I don't fucking know what I was going to say. George Bailey. Uh, no, I mean, the world needs people like George Bailey, but like, He's going to kill himself because he's done, like, nothing. He's done nothing for himself. And, uh, he's fucking is... And he's surrounded by fucking idiots. Like, honestly, the movie should have been... And I know they did the SNL sketch where everybody went to Potter's and they beat the shit out of him. What George really should have done... I don't know why he would throw himself off the bridge if he had taken that... Uh, that stupid old, you, you, oh, you stupid useless idiot! You lost the money! <laughs> What's the fucking guy's name? Doofus? The fucking asshole. I mean, he's got this guy, his uncle, or whatever the hell he is, uh, with all the stupid strings and ribbons tied around all his fingers to try and remember shit, and it still doesn't work because he's a fucking idiot. He had crows flying around. Like, it's, it's like a fucking zoo. That uh, gives uh, assholes money for... Not assholes, but, you know. It's like, yeah, what a, what a great business model. People who have no money, we're going <laughs> to give them a bunch of fucking loans. I mean, Potter's rich for a reason. And, and the Baileys are okay, but, you know. Uh, anyway, but that fucking uh, Uncle Henry or whatever the hell his stupid name is. The fucking guy who... who, who uh, I mean, yeah, Potter... I don't know. I don't know that Potter tricks him. It's just that the guy's an idiot. He can be tricked by his own shadow. Uh, and he puts the money in the newspaper, and he's like, uh, "You'll see, Potter. You'll see one of these days, you old mean old man." And then he fucking gives him the newspaper that he just put the money in. Potter, being a complete piece of shit, like the other guy's stupid, but he's a good guy. Potter has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. He's a complete fucking piece of shit. Uh, but he's not stupid. So, like, he's like, oh, he just handed me this big envelope full of cash. Well, well, the right thing would be to give it back. 
So I'll take it for myself. <laughs> uh, and like, who's gonna prove? I mean, there's no security cameras back then. It's cash. Potter has lots of it. Uh, how is he gonna be able to just be like, uh, uh, Potter? Where'd you get all this money? I'm rich, you idiot. I own half this town. <laughs> That's what he should have sounded. He should have sounded more like that. Just make him more of like a... George Bailey. I'm gonna get ya. I'm gonna get that building alone, George Bailey. I don't know what's happening. I, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, focus the the thoughts away from the fact that I, I have to stand all day. And I, just had a, I just had a meeting and uh, I was standing, but I've been standing all day so far. Uh, and it's now the lunchtime. I I, I I don't know that you'll notice, but I, I stopped recording for about an hour. I went to my meeting, did meeting things, and then came back. And then it's now the lunch hour, and I realized that my kids have a early release, so that means I have to leave soon to go pick them up. Anyway. But, like, fucking, you know... Oh, let me turn that up a little bit. How did this happen? Oh, how now? Now, how did this happen, George? Your microphone's turned halfway down. If I keep talking like this, oh yeah, it goes way down and then it goes way up, George. That's probably why it didn't sound like you were being very loud. Let's put it on a setting that works for everybody, George. I don't even know who this is. It's like Mr. Potter and Clarence and like all the other, like pretty much everybody from that movie because everybody talked like that back then. It's funny... It's always funny to me to see like old movies that are just candid shots of people because the movies that came out in the 40s, 50s, you know, they, you know, back in the day when they talked like this, you'll, <laughs> you'll never, you'll never be anything, George Bailey, you're nothing, you'll see. Aha. And of course, nobody nobody talked to like Jimmy Stewart. Nobody sounded like that. Potter, you fucking asshole! Mary, kids, I want to live, Clarence. I want to live. <laughs> My lips bleeding. Son of a gun. But like, clearly. People didn't all just go around, uh, hello there, but uh, actually the most the most adorable thing was when uh, any time that um, my grandmother would drop C into the conversation, like it's, it's really kind of funny how much Grandpa Simpson, Abe Simpson on The Simpsons reminds me of my grandmother and clearly I wasn't the only one who had a grandparent like Abe Simpson, uh, you know, like one the, there's that one up where, where Abe Simpson says, "What you do is see," and like that's yeah, my we we we, we uh, I'd be at her house for dinner. I would go over every week, and then uh, and then the wife, when we were dating and married, would occasionally oh my back would occasionally join me, and uh, you know she'd be just talking. And she'd be like, <laughs> now. Now what I did see, <laughs> like an old gangster movie, uh, meat spaghetti, see, meat sauce is almost ready, see, and go up and grab a plate and help yourself, see. Look what they did here, you dirty rat! Don't forget garlic bread, you dirty, f <laughs> you dirty rat. Um, but anyway, I mean, I know like dialects and affects have kind of changed over the years and stuff like that, but like. I can't imagine that everyone was just walking around talking like this back in a certain day. I mean, like, w some people would still talk like that if that were the case. And nobody other than, like, joking around. I can't, I don't know of anybody. I mean, I know a lot of people who would have been, you know, in their 20s and 30s back in the 1940s. Uh, most of them are probably not around anymore. And the ones who are, are in their mid to late 90s and early 100s. But I can't. I, I like my grandmother spent her final few years in a in a in a home, whatever you an old folks home, and uh, 
I didn't hear anyone going around talking like this. Like, you know, and they were, they were all her age, 80s, 90s, and up. And, uh, so I don't, I, I, I don't know, but, but it's, but it's fun. Like there was a thing on, I saw on a feed somewhere and it was an old, uh, like, Oh, it was the 1950 whenever whenever candid camera first came out it was black and white maybe maybe it was even the era, like 1960 i don't know late 50s early 60s and people on tv and movies they were still talking rather properly and making sure that they sounded like this <laughs> not everybody but you you know what i mean and uh you know, or they had, uh, you know, Beaver Cleaver and his dad, uh, you, know, you know, son. Uh, now, gee whiz, gee whiz. I don't I can't fucking do fucking anything. Uh, but this candid camera thing, and so it's black and white, and it's, you know, the styles are clearly from that that time. And they the, the, the joke was that uh, it was like, the first one was like two high school or college age, I don't know. Two girls, and they were introducing them to the new teacher, and he's hot. And he comes in, he's like, uh, now, girls, I'll be your new teacher. Of course, because every people even in their 20s and the 30s back then, they all they talk like this. Now, no, no, see here. Of course, the guy was an actor, so he was the one sort of talking like that, I think, if I remember right. I don't know. But he's like, I'm your new teacher, and I'm hot. He didn't say that, but he's like, I'm a good-looking fella. He didn't say that either. You just look, they looked at him and they're like, "Wow, he's he's uh, uh, dreamy." Um, anyway, and 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 then he leaves the room and the the candid camera. But the the funny part is catching their reaction, you know, and they're very proper and like, uh, "Nice to meet you, Mister Brooks, uh, Professor, whatever the fuck his name was." And he's like, I'll be your teacher, and we'll be doing whatever. And then they're like, okay, that sounds good. And he leaves, and then they're looking at each other, and they're like, you know, like, you know, eyes bugging out, like, oh, my God. he's And, and it's just it's just regular conversations. It sounds no different than if the same scenario happened today. Maybe some of the, some of the words used, you know, uh, probably today there might be a few more F words because we, we do that a little more casually, which is good. It's about time. Isn't it weird though? Words, you know, when, when you say something like I, I may have mentioned on the podcast, I'm trying to get the word squench to catch on. And I say it all the time. I mean, just around my family, like, and it's like, um, you know, if four people are trying to squeeze into the back seat they're like, ah, oh, I really squenched in back there. Hey guys, why don't you squench in a little bit? Squench in a little bit more, so that way uh, Jimmy can fit in the car. I don't, know. and uh, and and all and and they'll, my kids, my wife will say that's that's not a word. I'm like, but it could be, but it's not. And I said, yeah, but every word was not a word at some point. These words of ours weren't just here the whole time. Over over the course of thousands and thousands of years, we have we have created these words, and we continue to create words. So why the hell can't squench be a word? As far as I'm concerned, I'm uh, I you know sometimes I may have to squench into this train. I think it's a word. Uh, it's uh, what's the word that it sounds like the thing that it's describing. Uh onomatopoeia something like that yeah sounds about right oh fuck i can't even i'm i'm just i'm just talking to talk and i'm rubbing i don't know you probably can't even hear i'm just rubbing my back i can feel it's so crazy cuz i can feel exactly like if i put my hand on the right side where there's no pinched nerve and then i put my other my left hand on the left side it's like i it's like two different backs like one is the normal feeling back and the other one is just like it's just puffed out and i mean you can just oh oh but it feels so good i gotta go to a masseuse oh i'm gonna take a hot shower or something that actually did work pretty well the other day anyway uh it's just it's uh, i don't know why i'm what i'm what i'm even talking about it's it's fun to hear people talking uh, like 
the way that people talk today, but it's like 1950-something because, yeah, people do. Or when they have those old restored films of like, this is 1917, London. And, yeah, obviously... The, 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 the scenery is a little bit different. The clothing certainly different. The hairstyles and whatnot might be different. But, like, people do the same shit that they did. I mean, they don't really do it anymore because everybody has a camera and it's not really that big of a deal. But, but still, even if you... Still today, if you see, like, if there's, like, a news camera outside of a, you know, a mall or something, people will come out of the mall and they'll, they'll do silly shit. Or, like, when... Uh, uh, you know, when Brian Scalabrini and, and, and the crew are doing the, the Celtics pregame right there in the in the rotunda at TD Garden. And, uh, you know, and, and you're going up the escalator with the rest of the pores, the escalator that just goes on for an hour and a half because you're sitting up on the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> because you're too fucking cheap to buy. <laughs> anyway, um, but how many times, like, you know, going going past uh, you know Scalabrini and that whole pre-show, and uh, and the camera is facing the the rotunda and the snack bar and the es- escalator. So like anybody going up that escalator at that right time, you know, you see it all the time. People waving and the doofy faces and stuff like that. And so it's so fun to look back at like here's here's nineteen twenty two New York City, here's Times Square, and it's yeah. It's different. You hear the sounds of like the streetcars and and you know auga, you know those the fucking Model Ts riding around and all that shit. Uh, but like when they ha- and and it's nice too when they really like restore and touch up this footage. Uh, these old uh, films uh, from uh, you know like a hundred years ago, and. And you and it and it doesn't it almost doesn't even look like a film because they've you know they've really done such a good job with the with the image and everything and uh, and it's just to me it's one of those weird things because I think of old films and they're you know they look a certain way and the people move a certain way and you know it, because most of it is people acting for a so they have a bunch of makeup on and costumes and all this shit and. And to see people in those candid sort of, hey, we put a camera on the street for two minutes and got some footage of Times Square and people walking past. And yeah, they might have top hats and canes and, you know, the women have the big hats with the feathers and the flowers and all that crap. And they're wearing dresses and everybody, you know, it's it's suits and ties and and, and long dresses. And uh, but. It's still the same, you know, it's the same. I, I know this is like a stupid thing that I'm saying, but like you, th- like I think of a certain era as just being in black and white because everything from that era is in black and white. And so when they, when they restore something and when they colorize things, but not in that crappy old like Ted Turner way, but in like a, a way that's like, wow, this looks, this almost looks like it could be, could have been filmed on a, a modern day camera or an iPhone or something. It's so crisp and so clear and, um, and so smooth. And so to see like the kids and stuff, just doing like kid shit and doing the same things. It's like, and again, that goes back to Christmas story. Why I think that's so great because Gene Shepard, who was born in 1920 something, I think he'd be about a hundred if he was alive today, give or take. Uh, but he, he died in you know, 1999 or something like that. But anyway, uh, so he would have been, uh, I don't know, in his late 50s, early 60s when they did Christmas Story, when he narrated that. But, like, clearly that's that was based off of a story that he wrote. And, and the kids, uh, the way that they behave, and I know that it was filmed in the 80s, so it's, it's kids who are, you know, basically my a little bit older than me. Uh, but for him, you know, he's writing about his childhood, which like probably just go, I mean, probably kids just talk the way that they do now. Again, language might've been different. The sayings might be different, that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know. I, I guess it probably wasn't all that different and it's just, you know, anything after a certain period of time, you're not really going to have that 
that uh, curiosity because everything is being filmed. Everybody films everything. I, you know, you're never going to wonder, oh, what was it like? But like, it's going to be pretty easy for people 50 years from now to be like, what was 2023 like? What were those roaring 20s like? <laughs> you know, those fun times with pandemics and insurrections and fucking wars all over the place and stuff. Well, what other fun things did you guys do? Oh, well, we had cell phones and they took, uh, we, we were on TikTok all the time. Anyway, uh, I don't know what any of this has to do with anything, but I, I love Christmas Story because those characters are just those are just those are just timeless people. The Park Ralphie's family, the Parkers. Like, again, clothing's different. No TV because they just had radio. The cars are, di but it was still it's like all the same shit. So you have to assume. Uh, that like Gene Shepard, maybe he himself had an, a, a situation where his dad pulled the car over on the side of the road and he tried to help him change the tire and said, oh, fuck, <laughs> the F dash dash word. Um, and it's like that shit would happen. The only difference is if it happened today, like nobody would get in trouble because uh, who cares? Like, I don't care. I have one child who swears like a sailor. And one child who says no swears at all. And, uh, you know, there are some times where I'll turn to the swearing child and be like, all right, all right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that much swearing. It's an art form. Just, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that if I had done that when I was a kid, if people, uh, yeah, my, my parents' age had done that, uh, they would have gotten killed if they said, oh, fudge but you know didn't say fudge I don't know why I'm censoring fuck when I just said fuck like two minutes ago anyways and also the other 50 fucking million times that I've said fuck on this fucking podcast uh, and that's why like Home Alone's always going to be a classic because it's just it's you know Chris Columbus knows how to film a movie in a way that makes it look so pretty and so warm and cozy and inviting and the lighting and the colors and every, the detail, his attention to detail, I think is, is second to none. Uh, you know, just looking at like those first two Harry Potter movies and the colors and just every, every little thing that was addressed, you know, the details in those movies and the details in home alone, uh, you know, I, I only just a few years ago learned that that Home Alone house, yeah, the exterior is a real house in Chicago, uh, and that they, uh, they, it was, uh, it was like a high school gymnasium or something, like a high school that had closed, and uh, they, they took over this gym, and they built the set of the Home Alone house, and I just, it's so detailed and so it just feels and looks so much like a house and uh <laughs> yeah it's it to, to find out that uh, in a movie made in 1990 by the way like every movie made in 2023 looks fake as fuck at least the big the big productions because it's all it's all assembly line it's all streamlined it's all everything you know it's just they have all the cost-cutting ways and all the efficiencies uh, figured out. And anywhere they can use CG, they will. So half the time you're looking at people on a green screen. The other half the time it's not even people on a green screen. And the people who are on the green screen are probably acting with a scene partner who doesn't exist. It's just somebody's voice on a, you know, a cartoon computer fucking rodent or something. And... Uh, and so for Home Alone to have been made in 1990, and I still, even watching it now, even knowing that this was, you know, a set created inside a high school gym, that if, if they actually zoomed out, you would just see, uh, you know, it's it's crazy to me. Because some, some movies, some things are actually filmed in, you know, in an actual house. And, uh, and so when they have things... Uh, not filmed in a house, but you can't tell, and it's also 1990. That's I think that's pretty amazing. I think that's pretty fucking amazing. And uh, but the thing about Home Alone is 
it's a classic because of all those things, and it's just ridiculous. It's a cartoon. It's silly. It's funny. It's violent. It's just it's crazy. It's absurd, but it's it's a it's it's a classic, a timeless holiday classic. Uh, but it doesn't, ha- you know, nobody's looking at. I mean, if you're looking at that McAllister family and you're like, oh, that's just like my family. Well, I'm, I'm very sorry for you. Because that whole family fucking sucks. From the parents to Buzz to... Ke- you know, you wonder why Kevin's such a little asshole. And then they leave him home the first time. And then they fucking... Uh, they come inside... I mean, by the way, the kid's home for like a week or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and the family comes home and they're like, Hey, Kevin, you're alive. That's great. And then they all go upstairs. And it's like, okay, good to see you. We still don't really like you that much. And then a year later, two year, well, technically two years later, uh, but the movie came out two years later. But I think it was supposed to be just a year later in the in the story. And they're still being dicks to Kevin. Fucking Kevin has a solo at that Christmas concert, Christmas tree by Christmas tree. And fucking asshole piece of shit Buzz is standing there with his little candle pretending to drum on Kevin's head. And the whole and the whole fucking audience is like every adult, they're all laughing. Like everybody is just cracking up. Like that's that's bullshit. And then Kevin's like, you fucking asshole, and he shoves him, and everybody falls over, and the fucking <laughs> the Christmas tree lands on the piano uh, player's head, and she falls, but everybody's dead, and uh, and then they're all like, uh, literally having a trial of some kind when they get home, and Buzz, everybody just buys into Buzz's bullshit. It's like, dude, just looking at that kid's face, you know he's a fucking asshole. And he's sitting there talking to him, Kevin, you are a troubled child, and I forgive you for what you have done. Let us move, you know. And everybody's, like, clapping, and the fucking mom's like, oh, oh, Buzz, that was lovely. That was just lovely. And Kevin's like, are you fucking serious? That fucking asshole, a notorious piece of shit, is gaslighting all of you and you're just letting it happen. Like, you saw, you saw with your own eyes, he started it. And you, I'm like 10 years old and I give the kid a shove and he goes, like, that was a, talk about fucking NBA flop. Like, that's, this guy's flopping all over the fucking place. Takes the whole stage, every, everyone in the chorus down with him. Kills the piano teacher with the fucking tree landing on her head. And she falls backwards, like, off the stage. I don't know why they had the piano up. Anyway. Uh, but, uh, and everybody's like, oh, Buzz, you're such a good guy. And then they still managed to leave that fucker. I mean, yes, I know. They, it wasn't, he, they, they didn't leave him at home. They left him at the airport. But the fact that his stupid dipshit dad is sprinting down, and he's not even looking behind him, it's so stupid. But... I love the movie. It's a top favorite of mine. And, uh, you know, the lesson is be a fucking asshole. Be an asshole to your kid. Be an asshole to your parents. And you'll be rich and you'll stop the bad guys. And you'll live in a big house and you'll get comped a room at the fucking Plaza Hotel with a 50-foot-tall Christmas tree, and Mr. Duncan will send you all the toys you want on Christmas morning. So don't worry about anything. It's all going to just take care of itself. I don't know. And again, that's why Christmas Story is simply, here's a scenario we can all relate to. Kid wanted a gun, got the gun, and a bunch of funny stuff happened along the way. And it's like... Even watching it as a kid, I felt like this is this is every Christmas for me. Like I always, there was always something, whether it was uh, I don't know, Transformers, GI Joes, Ninja Turtles, uh, freaking you know video uh, uh, video games, Turtles arcade game, uh, you know Sonic Two, Streets of Rage Two, PlayStation, Christmas of '95. Uh, there was always like that big I think PlayStation 1 uh, the first PlayStation in 1995 was like that was my Red Rider BB gun cuz that's even though I was I was not 9 or 10 like Ralphie I, I was 15 but still uh 
Uh, that was like I was I would that that consumed my every thought. I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night because all I could do was think about PlayStation and how much I wanted Ridge Racer <laughs> and Twisted Twisted Metal in particular and ESPN uh, X Games or whatever the hell it was called and uh, but really Twisted Metal was like I I I must have this game I need this game. And I got it, and it was the greatest, and I love it. And I play it now, and I say, this is not so great. But back in 1995, it was the greatest. And I still I still love the game. It's just like, whoo, this has not aged well. <laughs> those 3D, those early 3D uh, polygon-type things. Oh, chance of snow between 3 and 4 p.m. It was fucking sunny. It was a beautiful sun. I was just talking with people about how it's nice you know, you 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 really want to savor any of the nice, bright, beautiful, sunny days that you have in December because uh, you know it's it's not to say there won't be a lot of sunny days. There's just it won't be very warm, and they're going to get colder as we keep going, and then eventually warm back up. But uh, by the way, uh, Mike Wankum or Wankum, as he incorrectly pronounces his own last name, Wankum. Uh, had a post saying uh, yesterday the sun set at 4.12 in Boston. And the night before, the sun set at 4.11. Which means uh, I know that I know that the, uh, what is it, the 21st is the solstice. Uh, that's a week from tomorrow. So that's supposed to be the shortest amount of daylight of the year. But we've already, uh, I guess, uh, we've already gotten to the shortest day of the year, which was... Uh, 412 on the so the 11th 411 on the 11th I guess that was the sh- that was the darkest day and uh and now we're just uh, going to get a minute or two every uh, every day or so and uh yeah all right it's practically summer uh I'm back to liking summer by the way I did not like summer for a very long time the result of uh two full years in Florida and three full years in North Carolina even though North Carolina had plenty of cold days and even snow- I think every year we were there we had a, a significant uh snowstorm at least once with measurable plowable snow it was great and the whole city shuts down for a month <laughs> and nobody can go on it was fantastic um and the you know fall and it, but boy oh boy when it is hot down there it is hot it is worse than Florida in a lot of ways. So, uh, oh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah. But but now that I've uh, been been in the Northeast for the last eight years, the first few years back here, I really was like, I would get legitimately depressed when when it would get to like June, July. And even though it's short lived, I just I hated it. Any any hot days, any even warm days, I couldn't stand. But now I'm 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 at a point where I'm just like I. It's a point that I've always wanted to get to, which is that point where I appreciate all four of the seasons and kind of not just appreciate, but but at least uh, try to savor them for what they. I mean, like fall is really the the period of time that those leaves change into those brilliant beautiful colors before they fall off the trees it's like blink blink and you'll miss it so you have to appreciate late september into into mid-november when you still have those colors and then december that's all gone but it's okay because you hope that you know maybe there'd be some snow and the first snowfall of the season is always a nice fun magical thing um and i'm at the point where the second third fourth fit like all of the snowfalls are are quite lovely and uh, and I appreciate any time that happens. And uh, spring is good. Uh, summer's good. They're all good. They're all good. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, it's uh, Shrek the Halls. I guess is where this all started. And I, I just felt bad that it's kind of like the lesson is, kids. No matter how annoying your friends are, always keep all of them as your friends because you have to. Instead of like Shrek should have been like, guys, I want you to be a part of this Christmas. You are like family to me, but you come in here acting like that. It's just no good. But I get that that would probably make it a little more of a boring tale of Shrek and his pals at the holidays. Uh, 
and Wonderful Life is, I, I love Shrek the Halls, and I will always, I mean, Wonderful Life, I'm, uh, you can't have Christmas without that movie as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely adore that movie. It is a, it's a top, it's certainly a top five, easily top 10, top five. I know in, in 2019, I gave it, uh, I put it at the number one of my ranking, but that, that, you know, it's a ranking. It doesn't add sometimes some years. That's my favorite movie. Cause that's just the way I'm feeling other years. It's Christmas vacation. Other years it's, you know, it, it's, sometimes it's Scrooged. Sometimes it just goes back and forth. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it is, it's like, yeah, George Bailey, <laughs> you really had a wonderful life. Like, but did he, ha- I mean, he had a family that he didn't seem super fond of uh, in the final moments before he was going to pitch himself off the bridge. I mean, he had like the one kid who was sick in bed that he seemed to care about. And the other ones, he couldn't get away from them fast enough. The one car, oh, why are you playing that tune all night long? Fucking tune. Can you play something else? Jesus Christ, Mary. These kids are playing the same fucking songs all over and over again. I'm going to go kill myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, your piano playing is so terrible. It makes me want to jump off a bridge in the icy waters. Death's cold embrace is better than this piano. F- <laughs> uh, Mary, Mary, can we throw the piano off the bridge at least? So it's like everybody's been driving him crazy and depending on him for everything for their entire fucking life, lives. And then his answer is just like, I can't take it anymore. I have done nothing for me. I have done everything for everyone. And uh, and now I'm just fucking... And now that stupid idiot uncle lost the $8,000 and we're fucked and we're going to go out of business and Potter is going to fuck us in the ass and everybody's fucked. So I'm going to just uh, kill myself and let everyone else deal with the aftermath. I've tried everything. I'm out of ideas. Bye. Oh, and that's what I was getting to earlier. The movie should have been... That George Bailey gets so fed up, he's standing there looking over the bridge like, Give me an answer, Lord. I just don't know anymore. And then all of a sudden, like, the light bulb goes off. And uh, you see see just Clarence just walk by with, like, a, a, you know, just a suit and tie and an umbrella over his head. You know, your uncle's at... uh... Your uncle's at uh, Martini's place right now. Oh, oh, is that so? And then, uh, and then George goes over to the fucking bar, grabs that stupid uncle with all his strings. Oh, you like you like tying strings around yourself, do you, Uncle Harry, or whatever the fuck your name is, Uncle? What's his fucking name? I keep I can't fucking remember. Billy, Uncle Billy, I think. Uh, wonderful, it is a wonderful, wonderful, yeah, Uncle Billy, Thomas Mitchell, he died in 1962, can you imagine? Mm. Henry Travers as Clarence, who died in 1965 at the age of 91, wow, what a prick. Anyway, 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 uh, wow, wow, Uncle Billy, yeah, so it should have been like, oh, Uncle Bill, you like you like tying these strings around you, huh? You like having you like having strings wrapped around you? Oh, how about a rope? Hi, huh? here's a rope. And then he and then he uh, George has a fucking noose that he like, throws over Uncle ba- Uncle Billy, and, and then just chucks him over the fucking railing of the bridge. Yeah, you stupid, silly old uncle, you st- you stupid, forgetful old fool. George, why? Oh boy, that's it's getting dark. <laughs> I don't know if the darkest day was the eleventh. It might be today, the thirteenth, as we're as we're watching Uncle Billy <laughs> take his last gasps of air 
And then and George's like, don't worry, Uncle Billy, I'll set you free. I'll set you free. And then he cuts the rope so that Uncle Billy just falls into the icy waters and dies. Hey, I, I took care of a problem, Mary. Hey, everything's going to be just fine. Kids, kids, come look. Uncle Billy, you stupid, forgetful, silly, fucking old piece of shit. They drown in the river. It's great. Oh, Mr. Potter. Yeah, I know where the fucking $8,000 is, Mr. Potter. And I'm coming to take it. And then, and then it's like the SNL sketch from the from like 1990 or whatever that was, where they just all the town folk go to Potter and beat the shit out of him, take the money back. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, what a great movie! I gotta watch that movie now. Now I'm excited. I'm now I'm feeling. I haven't. I have this where I'm not. Like I'm, I'm. We're watching Christmas specials. All the Christmas lights are up and all that stuff. But I'm just not like feeling it. And maybe it's because it's just you know there's no snow and it's just rain and it's too warm for this. And you know last weekend we got days that are in the 50s and 60s and you know it's just eh. uh, like in Florida. I was never in the Christmas spirit because it didn't feel like Christmas. When I lived, we didn't put the tree up ever. We didn't do anything. No decorations, no nothing. And I didn't care. It didn't make me sad. It didn't make me anything. I felt nothing. Nothing. And, uh, yeah. And and now I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, at least, at least there's uh, being in a, a more Christmassy region. But... Uh, there aren't, there just aren't enough years where we have, uh, snow on the ground. And I think the handful of times that there's been a white Christmas, uh, we've been, we've been down in North Carolina visiting the family. So, uh, Hey, fingers crossed. It'd be nice to have the closest thing was 2020. <laughs> we had a goddamn snowstorm. We had several inches of snow on the ground on Halloween it looked more like Christmas on Halloween than any any other time in my life because you still had like a bunch of red leaves on the tree. So it's like, it's pretty. The leaves are still there and they're different colors and the snow. It's gorgeous. It was like unbelievable. But then you're like trying to get in the Halloween spirit and it just feels Christmassy. So that kind of sucked. Going trick-or-treating when there's a bunch of snow on the ground, but whatever. And then uh, a couple days before Christmas that same year, we had got a bunch of a shit ton of snow, and I rem- I woke up Christmas Eve, and I remember just enjoying the fact that we had all this snow on the ground, and then Christmas Eve night, uh, it, the temperature throughout the day on Christmas Eve warmed up considerably, like almost sixty degrees, and then the rain came in, and by uh. Christmas, first thing Christmas morning, it looked like a winter wonderland. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was everything you could want uh, Christmas to look like and to feel like. And less than 24 hours later, it was all gone. And it was just rainy and muddy. And like, ah, it's like, ah, so close. This couldn't have just waited a day before all the snow melted and got rained out and washed out and all that. Eh. So... It's all good though, but I'm 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 feeling uh, talking about these Christmas specials and so forth. It's uh, it's got me all warm and fuzzy. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, what else? Yeah, uh, but we, we yeah we've watched watched Home Alone two, watched a good amount of Home Alone one, Christmas Story, and then you know as it gets closer to Christmas, it's just those shows are on TV all day. Every day, so you just watch them then. Uh, yeah, and actually, my buddy, uh, my buddy Davo mentioned that uh, he watched the uh, the Seven Fishes uh, episode or whatever it's called of of the Bear, which is set at at Christmas and Christmas dinner. And uh, I said, "Oh, I forgot about that," because that's that's also my favorite. I love to watch old. Uh, uh, anything from Simpsons to, uh, you know, I'll watch fucking Home Improvement. I'll watch Urkel. I'll watch any, a Full House, the one where they were stranded in the airport. And uh, the guy who plays Boss Hog ended up being Santa Claus. And anyway, uh, 
Yeah, you know, I love watching Christmas episodes of shows and Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, any of that stuff. And yeah, Davo reminded me, he had a tweet about watching that episode. And I said, ooh, there's a new one. Yep, that is a must-watch from, uh, yeah, from The Bear. Gotta watch that. That that was a fantastic episode. What a fucking... Talk about just chaos everywhere. It was ah, so good. So good. That's a great fucking show. Uh, Is that it? Do I have anything else to say? I don't think so. I just know that I really have to... uh, uh, I really have to pee. That's all I can tell you. So I'm going to go. The back's feeling... It's feeling good, though. I mean, I can tell that it's still... uh, The nerve is still pinched, but I'm feeling... I'm feeling good. And I haven't taken a leave in quite some time. So I, I was about to, and then I forgot, and I, I feel okay. But I'm sure uh, if I sit down for 10 seconds, it'll all, that'll, that'll wipe all that away. That'll undo any of the progress that I feel as though I'm making, but probably am not. Okay, I, 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 did, I leave anything, did I leave anything unfinished? I hope not. We talked about the Christmas movies uh, a little bit. And uh, how wonderful life should have been George throwing Uncle Billy off the bridge. I I got something to tie around you, you old silly old fool. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And then the lesson is, don't kill yourself, George, so you can help all your stupid idiot friends and relatives. (laughs) Oh, good. I get to live. I want to live. So I get to do everybody's job for them. I still don't care. I still, I fucking love that movie. It is so good. It, I mean, it's, it, it has the same effect every time I watch it, no matter what. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Wonderful life. All right. Is that enough? That's enough for now. Uh, I'm sure there's more to talk about, but at the moment I can't think of what that might be. So I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pee like I intended. All right, gang, we'll talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators. Later, Uncle Billy, you old piece of shit.